So it's great to see you all here today. I uh, just wanted to welcome everybody that's here physically, all of you that are online. I'm just thrilled that you guys are all here. Um, so this is the final session of this mini-series that we're doing called Fighting for Families. And so whether you have kids out of the house, kids in the house, whether you have no kids, five kids, what, 20 kids, whatever it is, we want to see families thrive. Is that right? Now, we always know that we always invest in our families. I mean, you've got things like nursery, daycare, childcare, and then there's other special things, uh, physical therapy maybe, uh, some kind of a trainer, teacher, tutor, art classes, dance, sports, karate, um, SAT prep, and then of course college. And I see some of you nodding along because you know you're keeping a running total. So one day you can drop that on them when you're in the retirement home say, here's what I paid for you. I just, FYI, just want you to know. I don't know that that's a bad idea. <laughs> but the truth is that a lot of us invest a lot into our families and that's just kind of the normal stuff, right? But listen, there are some crazy camps, kids camps that you can actually send your kids to, all right? I'm not sure if you're aware of some of these, but I just want to share some of these. Uh, first of all, you have high explosives camp, that would, I don't know that that's a good idea. You know, they provide a five-day course for juniors and seniors with an interest in a career in explosives. That would have not been good for me growing up as a child. I'm just saying. And then you have circus camp. Anybody seen it? So you're, you can send your kids to clown camp. Absolutely. And then you have ninja camp. Now watch this. Ninja camp. It says, stealth and deception are the goals of this unbelievable summer day camp. As a parent, I don't even know what to say about that. It's like stealth and deception is what we're trying to fight against. All right. And of course, you have Hunger Games camp. These are real camps. Right? Why not? Send your camp to a children's camp that reenacts a dystopian world where children kill each other in order to survive. Yes, let's send our kids to that camp. That sounds like a very wholesome summer to me. But the, so there's all kinds of crazy stuff that you can do for your families and you do for your families and your kids. There's a lot of things that you can invest in. But here's one of the things that all those things have in common. All those things we do for our families have a shelf life. Usually 10 years, 20 years, at the max 80 years. Because most of those things affect the here and now but not necessarily the eternal. And what I love about what the Holy Spirit has put in our hearts to do here at Living Word Family Church is it has an eternal impact. Is that right? What we do today to serve families has an eternal impact on their lives and not only their lives, but their children's lives and their children's children's lives and all the people that they are gonna impact with their faith and that's why Melissa and I are so excited about what we're doing here at Living Word Family Church. And you know, when I think about that there are families in our community that are harassed, that they, their lives seem hopeless, they're like sheep without a shepherd. And we believe that the local church, us, we are the hope of the world because Jesus is using us. And so there are people here in our community that have a ton of things that are warring against them, their families, trying to crush their families from the outside in, from the inside out, from every direction. 
And we know that God has called us to build strong families. And so what we've decided to do to put together parenting resources for parents to make sure that we're here to resource them so that they have a place that they belong, um, that they can align their beliefs along with, okay, that's not any of that. But we also want to help them become who God made them to be, to help them discover their purpose in life. They're not just adrift. This is why I keep mentioning the growth track because the main purpose of the growth track, you hear it every week, the main purpose is to help each individual find out what their God-given purpose is. And so if you or yourself are curious of that, you can go to lwc.org slash growth track and that's, that's where you can find out those. But in order for us to be able to help the people in our communities, we first have to be the laborers. Remember last week, Jesus prayed, hey, there's lots of people, they're harassed, they're helpless within our community. Pray for, not them, pray for laborers. And what they didn't know was they were praying for themselves, that they were the laborers. And so we wanna pray, we're praying for ourselves that we are helping them come in so that we can help them build strong families and be disciples of Christ. So the first thing, so the other thing we wanna do is our children's wing upgrade. So I'm gonna give you a quick three minute overview or review of what we're gonna be doing. All right, so we decided that we're gonna build strong families one adventure at a time with our children's ministry, all right? So we have adopted an adventure thing. Pastor Jody did a great job last week just explaining to you why we adopted adventure as our thing. And so uh, there is gonna be a 3D tree at the entrance of the children's wing right out here. The main, this is the um, main children's corridor here. They're gonna walk through the forest. There'll be 3D kiosks made out of trees. And as you turn into the children's hallway, it'll look something like this. Now these are conceptual. So it won't look exactly like this as we move forward. But then once you get to the children's foyer, it becomes a dock with a slide on one side. And then you, once you drop your kids off in the nursery, there's an under kid theme. Your toddlers will have a safari theme. Your junior kids church will have a plain adventure theme. And then kids church and elementary church uh, or kids church will have a space adventure theme. So you got adventure all around. And then also we're gonna do the auditorium uh, here. And then we're gonna do a family campaign to our community to invite people to this amazing place. And so, uh, so that we can not only build strong families, but we can also lead them to Christ, disciple them so that they in turn become disciple makers themselves. It's an amazing vision that God has given us. We're very, very excited about it. Now, we told you last week that it was gonna cost uh, $297,000 and we wanted to raise enough so we can give 10% of it to outreach. So we're gonna be feeding families in need this next holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas, the same way that we did last year. We wanna do that again. And so, and then we'll update you on that. And then also with this, we're gonna build a church in another country with a well through Joyce Meyer Ministries and uh, in an area that doesn't have water. So they drill a well, they build a church right next to each other. It's a model that they've been using and literally have led tens of thousands of people to Christ because of this. And the cool thing too is that we're gonna be able to send mission trips to the church building that we built and help that pastor. So we're really excited about that. So that gives us uh, $330,000. So we determined that's gonna be pretty easy for a church this size with this many families 
and that there is a place where everybody can be involved. And so if you, as a family, over the next three months would give... Um, either 5000 1000 or 500 or $100 in the next three months that we would be able to fund this. I had somebody come to, the, come to me last week that says, hey, thank you so much for presenting this way because this is so doable. Like, we can seriously do this. And I totally agree. In fact, uh, the truth is that we have already, just from last week, we have already received enough to start on hallway A right through here. Isn't that cool? So Pastor Jody has already talked with the artist and so there are, they've already ordered materials. It'll take a few weeks for those materials to get here. And uh, meanwhile, in the next couple weeks, you should be seeing work beginning in that first hallway there. Isn't that exciting, everybody? So, so cool. So I wanna encourage you, if we all pray and just ask God, God, what would you have our family to do? And those of you that are single, what would you have me to do? And so this last week, we ask you to go home, pray, uh, you know, and talk with your family. Uh, and a lot of you have already done that. And your contributions toward building strong families and making disciple, disciples within our community has already begun. And uh, so to all of you that are here, just thank you so much for already starting your journey with us to reach our community. And, uh, and so if you weren't here, you didn't see the full presentation last week of what we're going to be doing. It's very exciting. It's very inspiring. And so I want to encourage you to go back, watch last, week, uh, last week's message on YouTube or our webpage. I, I even had a teenager come to me and said, had already picked one of these levels and had begun to give toward that. So it's really, really cool. So if you haven't decided what you're going to do, I want to encourage you. This week, decide uh, what God has placed on your heart to contribute toward this project within the next three months. Our hope is that we fund this whole thing within three months, and then we complete it. Our goal is within six months, okay? And so, but we're going to complete this at the generosity of you, our congregation, all of us together, Okay, so as money comes in, we're just gonna give you updates as far as what's been funded, give you updates as far as what's been done. Of course, you'll be able to see a lot of that and what's going on in the hallways here uh, as well as in the sanctuary. Somebody asked about commitment cards. Have, have, or do we sign a commitment card? We're not having commitment cards. I don't want you to feel any pressure from me. I want the Holy Spirit to lead you. I want you to decide in your heart what you wanna do and to give toward that, okay? I just want to let you know, Living Word has huge vision that God has given us, our purpose for why we are here. And uh, part of that vision is building strong families. And so today, I want to talk with you about how you can use the vision of Living Word to actually hone in and find out what the vision is for your life, if you don't know already. What is your purpose? What is your calling? And then also, and if you already know that, um, how to actually follow through on that as well. Now, in addition to that, we're going to talk about how Jesus did it, how he found his vision, because he had to find it, and then how he followed through. So today, we're talking about how to find and execute your purpose, your individual purpose in life. Too many people have a vision of themselves that's just too small. It's determined by what other people think or what other people believe about them or about their, uh, their history or their lack of exposure to bigger visions, those kind of things. People with small vision usually 
just, you know, they live small, quiet life, conforming to the norms of the culture that's around them. And uh, they just do what's expected. And they, they may dream large sometimes, but listen, rarely do people stretch beyond their comfort zones or actually take actions that would make them more than what they are today. Most people play it safe, even if it means abandoning their dreams and the visions that God has given them. And so just by maintaining their small vision, they also deprive the world of his love because that's, what God, that's why God gives us vision. We, as humans, we are made with several needs on the inside. We have actually holes in our hearts. We were born with them, okay? And one of those holes is the need to make a difference and better the world that you have been put into. You might say, look, Micah, I feel that hole. Like, I really wanna do that. But to be honest, I have no idea what my purpose is. I don't have a vision necessarily. I don't know what I'm called to do. Well, I've got good news for you. Most people don't know specifics like that either, all right? But I wanna tell you a secret, and this is all through the Bible, okay? And this is how you can use the vision that God has given us here collectively in this family church in order to actually find and be able to carry out the vision that he's placed in your life, okay? So here's the idea, you ready? You're gonna find this all through scripture, all right? That God tends to reveal individual vision to those who are doing something with the vision they have available, with the opportunities to do good in the world around them that are right there in front of them. I see this all the time where people are looking for God speak to me, tell me my individual direction and, and purpose, but they're not taking advantage of, the perp of what God has placed right in front of them. And in fact, it even says in Luke 16, 10, it says, he who was faithful with very little, God will give him much. Amen. So here's what I wanna do this morning. I wanna take you through how we're gonna accomplish this vision that God has given us to fight for, for families using Jesus' life as a roadmap, but also you can apply this not only to your church in us accomplishing this vision that we've talked about, but also your individual purpose in life as well. You see, Jesus had the ultimate vision. You can imagine the enormity of Jesus' vision and calling. It's only to rescue all of mankind, but the thing is, is Jesus didn't get to draw on his deity to accomplish it. He had to accomplish it the same way you and I do. And I'm gonna explain that, but we have a lot to learn about how he did it. You see, Jesus was fully God, but he was also fully man, okay? So in his divine nature, he was fully God, but in his human nature, he was 100% man. Now, watch this. Jesus laid down his deity and was born as a man. Philippians 2, 6 says that though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, okay? But he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, son of man, and being born in the likeness of men. You see, he laid down his deity, so he had to do it the way we do it. He took the form of a servant. And in fact, we see this in Luke two fifty two. it says, and Jesus, this is when Jesus was 12, all right? It says, he increased in wisdom, stature, and in favor with God and man. Watch this. Jesus 
grew in wisdom, which means he wasn't drawing on his deity as a 12-year-old. He was actually growing in wisdom like every child does. Wow. Now, here's, here's what will really cook your noodle. It says he had to grow in favor with God. He had to develop with a relationship with the Father just like you do. So Jesus had an incredible, all these incredible forces against him, but he had to determine, he had to figure out his vision regardless of unfair opposition from people who should have supported him, regardless of temptation, regardless of betrayal and abandonment by people who followed him. He had to deal with everything that we had to have to deal with. He didn't pull on his power as God, uh, as God to overcome. He had to deal with them just like we do. And you and I have been called to a huge vision as a church. You've been called to a huge vision yourself. More than you could ever imagine. And what I, so what I want to do is unpack how did Jesus do it? How did Jesus, if he has to do it the same way we did, how did he do it? With the largest vision known to mankind. All the obstacles stripped down to the same tools and resources that you and I have today. Wisdom and favor with God and man. So, the good news is that the Apostle Paul breaks it down for us in Hebrews, okay? So, we're going to go there. Hebrews chapter 12 says, Therefore, since we are so, so, so great, we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that has been set before us, fixing your eyes or looking to Jesus on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. This is how he did it, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Paul paints this amazing picture of us being surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And I just imagine this huge crowd of people that are just cheering us on as we go. And, here, and so Paul lays out three main things that they're watching us do that we want to unpack. And this is how Jesus did it. How we individually as well as as a church can accomplish the huge vision that God has given us. And remember, if you're not sure why God, what God has given you as a vision and a purpose, he tends to give more details to those that are faithful with what is around them. Okay, so let's go ahead and unpack this a little bit. And I'm actually going to unpack it a little bit out of order, okay? So I want to talk first about our relationship with the author, okay? Your relationship with the author. It says, fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith. You see, your relationship with God, and especially Jesus, you see, Jesus' relationship with the Father was everything to him. And because of that, that provided, uh, it provided provision and comfort and wisdom and favor, all these things. Because God sees things on a whole nother level. And God can, if we're spending time with him and if we have a relationship with him, God can continually give us direction, help us, so that our relationship with the author of our faith and the author of our vision, I mean, obviously that helps with accomplishing the vision if you've got relationship with the author of that vision. And then it's, it's also realizing that our vision, your vision, any purpose that God gives you, God gives us, is not about us. It's always for other people. Amen. The second we get self-centered is when we get off. 
one of the intuitive things is that the more you pour into other people, the more God pours into you. So to be other-centered is how you receive more vision from God, okay? Now it also, here's the other thing, is it creates an awareness that we don't carry this alone. You see, we can't do it without the author. We need that author to help us finish the vision and the mission that he's given us and continually having a relationship with him and being aware of his presence always will remind us that, look, we don't carry this alone. God, no matter what you're going through, God is walking with you and he is holding us up in the face of challenges, in the face of obstacles. So personally, like commit to spending time with God. Make that a habit that you have, a lifestyle. And th this is why I ask for, for you guys to pray and ask God, God, what do you want me to do with the opportunities that have been given to me with this vision for the children's wing and the auditorium and a community is so that you can take advantage of that so that you can hear God in your individual calling and purpose so spend time with the author of the vision and ask him okay holy spirit what do you want me to do for others here all right the second thing that paul points out here is he says let us also lay aside every encumbrance or weight and the sin which is so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race is set out before us so anything that is in our life, when God gives you a vision or an opportunity to reach out and to make a difference in the life of somebody else, there's always going to be weights, encumbrances, things that try to in, ensnare you, temptations to lose vision. And so if Jesus had to go through that, we're gonna have to go through that. But watch this, when you have a vision that's bigger than you, there's always gonna be challenges. There's always gonna be things trying to steal that vision, things that are trying to distract you, things that are trying to, to come to try to steal that vision that God placed, that the author placed in your heart. But there's a, this is where commitment comes in. I've talked to so many people who God gave them a vision. And when that vision became difficult or challenging or other distractions came, there is a kind of a mentality that's, ah, oh, well, we'll see what happens mentality. Well, it must not have been his plan. And listen, I wanna challenge you. When God puts a vision in your heart, when God puts a vision before you that you commit to it, that there is no encumbrance that's gonna get you off track. There is no temptation that will easily ensnare us. That we are gonna run with endurance. See, it doesn't just say run like you're jogging. It says that there's gonna need to be endurance that's required. And God has placed something in your heart and there is times when that vision is gonna be hard. And there are gonna be times when it looks like maybe it's gonna die, like it's not gonna happen. That's when you run with endurance the race that's set before you, the vision that's been given to you. Do you remember the vision? Do you remember the things that God put in your heart? You've got to set your face toward it with determination. And so the next thing I want you to see in the scripture that Jesus teaches us, it says, so for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. 
Guys, there has to be a vision of the outcome of this. It says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured. He could see it. There was a joy set before him. And I just imagine Jesus, my savior, on that cross, tempted to, to, to give up. The Bible says he could have called legions of angels to come and rescue him and just wipe everybody off. And he could have come down on that off that cross on his own. But on this, that cross, he was tempted to do that. And how did he push through for the joy set before him? So what was that joy? Who was that joy? That was me. It was you. It was Jesus envisioning the people in our community that don't even know him, that some of them that curse his name, that on that cross, you and I gave him joy that allowed him to endure that cross. And you know, when I'm thinking about the vision that God has placed in our hearts at, at Living Word as a church into our community, man, there is an endurance that has to be there because I keep my eye on what is going to be accomplished in the lives of people. I mean, I think about the families within our communities and the things that they're going through. The fact that we can provide all of these resources for people, for parents, we can, we, that we can provide an amazing adventure experience for children every Sunday morning as they learn the word of God. That every week our students have a space that they're gonna feel comfortable with, that they can learn to process the word of God and actually how to apply it to their lives. I think about all the divorces that we're gonna be able to help prevent if we give people a space and an environment where they know that they belong and that they're loved and accepted and included and that there's an environment that they can find out what God says about them and that they can change their beliefs about what God says about them, that they believe what God says about them. And we've creating opportunities where they could become the very person and the very family that God created them to be. I'm constantly envisioning that. I'm keeping the joy of the vision of that before me. Because if that's what Jesus had to do on the cross to endure everything that was coming against him, we're gonna have to do that. And, and not only about the vision here for the church, but your personal vision and your personal purpose. You've gotta keep a vision before you. That's why vision boards are so powerful, is that you're continually seeing the picture of the outcome in front of you. And so if you have a vision in your heart, you've got to take regular steps to really make that happen. And, and look, one day never comes. It's true. One day never comes. One day I'll do it. If you're a writer and, and write every day, even if you have writer's block, just write. I have writer's block. I have writer's block. I have writer's block. Every day that you are taking regular steps toward the vision that God has placed in you. If you wanna be a better spouse or a better child, uh, train every day. Listen to podcasts. You wanna be a better parent, come to the parenting class. How to be better in your family. You wanna start a business, research, take steps every single day. If you wanna go into ministry, taking online courses, get plugged into leadership and help people every day. Train. You constantly move forward, no matter how small the steps, move forward every day.
My friends, this is an amazing place to be able to execute the vision that God has for our community and the vision that God has put in this church and in our hearts. And, and you know what? I just want to take a moment and say thank you. It, it moves Melissa and I so much that the people in this church, that we are so generous, that we have such a vision for people outside these four walls. You know, not every church is like that. Did you know that? Not every church is thinking about other people. They're just worried about what they're doing and making sure that the music's what they like and that everything's the way that they like it. And they're not really thinking about their community. And this ministry, ever since I've been here, we've always been outreach-minded, always concerned about delivering the kindness and the compassion of God to our community. And, and honestly, I think we attract people like that. Like for instance, last week, I had somebody shake my hand all the way out the door and said, hey, if there's any doubt that this was our church, that doubt is gone because we are about more than just us. And I think that, that hole in our heart to really be able to help other people is something that, is God, that God put there. So I wanna challenge you in your own life if you have a vision that God has placed in your heart, get with the author of that vision. Make a commitment to do that and, and see the end at the beginning so that you can endure. And what would it be like if we all reached into our community? If we all united around this project in order to change lives for all eternity? There are people in this church today. Some of you are here and gave your life to Christ here in this church and are being discipled week after week because of what other people sowed prior, years prior. And, the, and when you sow, it has a long tail. There'll be continually people that are giving their lives to Christ because of the seed that you have sown in the past and, and into this project. And I do wanna say thank you so much for that. And just wanted to ask you, do it one more time. Be a part of the fight for families. And my prayer for you is that God would reveal individual vision and mission to you because you are doing something with the vision that you have available and fighting for families. Would you stand with me? I just wanna pray over you. I wanna pray over what God is doing in this church. Lord, I just thank you so very much for your word today. And I thank you for the, for the purposes and the, and the vision and, the, and the, the missions that you have given us personally. I thank you for the vision of this church and I thank you, Lord, for individual purpose and mission. God, in Jesus' name, I thank you that you would, uh, that you would flame the fire. Some of those things that you maybe have told us years ago that we've forgotten and we've let in the encumbrances of the world and, and all the other distractions and maybe even discouragement to put out that fire. And today, Holy Spirit, I just, I thank you that you would fan into flame the vision and the purposes that you've given us. And to those that are kind of just not sure Holy Spirit, I thank you that as they plug into the vision that has been placed before them within this, uh, corporately within this church, I thank you that you are speaking to their hearts as they are faithful with what you have given them. I thank you that you would give them even more. And Lord, for the joy that is, it is set before us, 
God, we, we push forward in this project. We thank you for all the families that are harassed, that feel hopeless, like sheep without a shepherd. And I thank you that as they are drawn to this place, that you, Holy Spirit, you are the one that changes their lives for eternity. Jesus, we love you and we commit to not hoard you in our heart, but to share you with the world. In Jesus' name.